This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Bloody awesome! Bloody awesome! Bloody awesome! Bloody awesome! Bloody awesome! Bloody Good morning, afternoon or evening, wherever you are in the world and welcome to the Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast. My name is Matt Hudson from What I Watch Tonight and joining me from across the pond, he's a statesman to my kingsman, it's John Burke from BurkeReviews.com. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing very well, Matt. How are you doing today? My man, it's middle of November. I had a cold a couple of weeks ago and I don't Mm. need sympathy for that, but anyone wants to, they can give it to me. But I've I said to JB off air about an hour or so before I finished the day job today, suddenly started getting bunged up and congested. And I don't know if it's because of the air con. I don't know if it's because I've got a, a bloody awful immune system or what, but I could feel myself getting another cold. So if, if I sound a little bit different, that might be why. And hopefully you don't hear me sneezing. I'll do my best to cover those up, but uh, I'm doing very well though, my friend. How about you? Do you sound different? Are you keeping Florida safe and well? Yeah, you know, it's been um, pretty much raining steadily, but like very light rain for the last two days. Um, it's currently still raining, although it's been a little a little heavier rain today. So I feel a little congested as well. I'm hoping it's not a cold. I don't think it is. I don't feel sick, but uh, I do. I feel like I've got gunk in my nose, um, which is never good when we're going to be talking for an extended yes. period of time. But um, otherwise, yeah, doing pretty well. I've uh, been watching so many movies um, recently, so... Yeah, oh, JB I mean, has been uh, indulging, shall we say, and of course, regular listeners know we'll we'll hit that later on. But I need to start watching more because we're coming up to that prestigious time of the year now, JB, the awards season. Bampies, not the Oscars, not the Globes, certainly not the Globes, all the Baftas, the Bampies, and we're start we're having to come up now with our best of the year, almost disappointing, whatever, for our our annual award show beginning of January, and we've already started looking at it. Uh, this week so looking forward to that and uh just for anyone listening jb's at a different location today so he's putting on his midnight fm voice so get your ears ready you are in for a treat uh and to repeat if you are new to the show welcome to the bloody awesome movie podcast or the bamp for short each week we take the biggest film or the only film or the most interesting film of the week and we deliver a non-spoiler review on this main episode and then most of the time a few days later, we drop a spoiler mini-sode if the film warrants it. So we're going to go non-spoiler for this episode where we are talking about the latest MCU film, The Marvels. Uh, a film which mm-hmm. was delayed because of because of COVID, because of strikes, because of everything. It's now finally here. Um, the MCU, this is the... I'm getting the numbers up now, JB. This is a 33rd film in the yeah, Marvel... 33rd cinematic universe it's 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 wild so before we do our usual kind of preface let's get the the details out the way of this the marvels directed by nia da costa 
who I'm a big fan of Nia DaCosta's work. I really liked her work Me on uh, Little Woods. On um, not Little Woods, it was Little Woods, wasn't it? Little Woods and Little Candy Woods, Man. Yeah. Uh, Candy Man, of course, from the other year. Really enjoyed that. And now here with the Marvels, uh, and it was written by Nia DaCosta, Megan McDonnell, and Alyssa Karasik. and the stars, of course, Free Larson is back as Carol Danvers slash Captain Marvel. Tiona Paris is here as Monica Rambo, and Iman Villani reprises her role of Kamala Khan slash Miss Marvel from Ms. Marvel the Disney Plus show uh, and joining her is Sam Jackson Zowie Ashton Gary Lewis Park Sojun Zenobia Shroff Mohan Kapoor Sag Hershake and uh, an awful lot of other people because this is an MCU film and they don't know how to do things in a small way now what's the film about? Carol Danvers gets her powers entangled with those of Kamala Khan and Monica Rambo, forcing them to work together to save the universe. Pretty, uh, pretty thin synopsis there, but it w- w- we'll work with that one. Now, Captain Marvel got absolutely slated for having the cheek to have a woman in the lead, a woman with opinions in the lead, so it would seem. And I thought Captain Marvel was okay. So, the Marvels, how well is it doing? with critics now that there are three women in the lead. 62% Rotten Tomatoes critic score. This next one astounded me when I when I read this. 84% Rotten Tomatoes audience score. I say that because I expected this to be much lower for, you know, nefarious reasons. A med score, though, this yeah. is currently sitting at 50, 6.2 out of 10 on IMDb user score, and 3 out of 5 on Letterboxd. It's currently available in theatres only, and then within the next six to eight weeks, you will be able to watch this on Disney Plus if that is your jam. But of course, we would always encourage people, if they can, to get to the theatres. Now, JB, before I uh, talk about the film and my thoughts on Captain Marvel or even the MCU, in, t- in terms more so now of the last few films, the MCU's been getting a bit of a battering recently by people saying it's lost its way, uh, superhero fatigue is in. Uh, the films have been up and down in terms of quality. You obviously we we are Marvel fans on this show. You more so than I am. <clears throat> now, what's yeah. your what was what's your kind of uh, relationship with the cinematic universe going into the Marvels now off the back of Phase Three, uh, Phase Four, whatever, whatever phase we're on now. Well, this is the uh, the third Marvel movie we've reviewed this year. Um, Damn. Not to mention at least two or three other comic book movies that we've done this year because we've dated the flash we did uh, shazam um and we i think we've covered that we're we're both kind of burnt out on the genre um mm-hmm. and mcu in particular uh i've st- i haven't watched the last two mcu series um after like watching in fact after giving you a hard time for not watching them back when they first started right Voice. um haven't watched Loki season two, haven't watched uh, Secret Invasion. So um, my hype for this was because of Nia DaCosta and because um, I really liked Miss Marvel. I thought Miss Marvel was a really good series. Um, I didn't necessarily think it stuck the landing, but I really liked the characters in the show. And that's why I was excited to be with those characters more. Um, so I went in hopeful, but also not super excited for this movie because of all of those those things what about mm-hmm. you with, with this one yeah i've i've been one of those people who said who's been saying kind of you're getting a good film and you're getting a not so good film you'll get for every ant-man quantumania you'll get a guardians three which i thought was very good very um good. 
And then for every Shang-Chi, you'll get, for me, something like Eternals or one of the other things, uh, films, which I can't even remember because there's been so many coming out. A, a Multiverse of Madness, for example. And then yes. the Disney Plus series that I have been watching, I do feel that, you know, they w- with WandaVision, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier and Loki Season 1, um, certainly that era was very, very high-quality you know, series in terms of uh, technical, in terms of writing, in terms of what it was given us it didn't feel fluffy it felt important and i feel like we've fallen off the wagon quite hard with uh, the marvel shows secret invasion I, I thought was genuinely awful um but miss marvel though i enjoyed that when i watched it and jb gives me a hard time for not watching shows i do try to keep up with the pop culture ones and i did enjoy miss marvel i thought i i've said before on this show i like the smaller stakes of it i like the more family aspects of it and i thought uh, iman Vellani was um very affable and very likable as Kamala mm-hmm. Khan. So like you, I was excited to see her in, you know, reprising her role on the big screen. So another, I don't want to see Marvel fail. Like some people do. They want, you know, down with Marvel and superhero films. No, I just want good films. And I don't think we've been getting that as consistent as we did before. Though I will say before we jump in, not, not every film in phase one, two or three was a a humdinger and, and a 10 out of 10. I do think there is a lot of nostalgia as we look back, there was a lot of fluff back in the day. The Thor films, Iron Man three, um, you know, even even <laughs> things like Ant Man and Captain America, which I which I very much enjoy. Now, Captain America, it's a good film. I don't think it's a great film, but we look back now and think, oh, look look what it spawned and look what it gave us, leading into Infinity War and Endgame as well. So, um, but I will do think some of the newer releases haven't just haven't been as good. Now, The Marvels, a film which I wasn't really anticipating not because of any of the silliness you read on the internet more because of the burnout almost i i just don't know what i'm going to get anymore with a marvel film i just want a good time i want to see some decent action i want to see some good humor and i want to see some heart that's that you know that's that's kind of what i associate with marvel films for people say there's a formula that's what that's the dna for me is those things good action good humor some heart in there as well and obviously characters which we can uh, cling on to so i went into the marvels with expectations that weren't particularly um high but when i came out what did i think of the film john i oh, yeah, further faster baby i had a good time with the marvels um not a great film so it's not, not an excellent not top tier marvel to to then kind of jump into everything i've just said about the rose tinted glasses but it, this, it gave me what i wanted from a marvel film most of the action's decent. I, I, it's got some good humour. I enjoyed the characters for the most part, and there was some heart going through this. I had a good time with the Marvels, um, and especially with um, Ms. Marvel, with Kamala Khan, and I feel like this is a, a common thread now between a lot of reviewers, oh. critics, and fans, and I believe you're probably also on the same boat here, but I think Iman Vellani was the best part of the film because she bought a genuine excitement and an energy and the idea that she wasn't just having a blast on screen but also just being in and around her favorite franchise as she'll admit to you can tell that energy is there and it's so so lovely it's so relatable and it's so cool to see somebody who's just having the time of their life especially when Mm -hmm. you could potentially look at other actors and think they're probably not having the time of their life uh, or having as much fun say brie larson because of the last five years of playing captain marvel and all the baggage that's seemingly come with it. She's good in this film. I don't think I, you know, I, I don't think she's great. 
Uh, Monica Rambeau, Teona Paris, again, good in this film. I'm not going to say anything to write home about, but I think the three of them together work very well. And that is key. If if it's if it's not the the parts, if the sum is great, I'm happy with that. And I think all three of them actually worked really well together. I think their humor was good and I thought their chemistry uh, was very decent as well. And uh, one of the questions people are having now is, God damn, have I got to watch 17 shows and 32 films to enjoy this? I still think there is a little bit of that. I don't think you needed to know about one division or Ms. Marvel or even secret invasion beforehand. It certainly would have helped, but I do think they gave you just what you, just enough of what you needed to know why the characters were in the situations they were or why the characters in Ms. Marvel's case were there in the first place. So what's your game? This is what I did in the series in, in a pretty cool art style in the beginning and a line or two here or there. Same with Tona Paris's character, Monica Rambo. She literally said one line. How you know? How how are you here? Or why are you here? Captain Marvel says. I paraphrase, and she says because this happened in One Division. Great, perfect, incredible. Don't need a huge PowerPoint presentation. We got it there. Um, so I enjoyed my our heroes here. I think that was. I think they were very good together. I think the first third or first half of this film is very enjoyable. I do think it drops off in the second half. Is a, is a scene when they go to a planet where it, I don't know it just turns into a weird uh, oh. <laughs> music show, like a Bollywood esque um, oh, situation. See, I, I, I wouldn't, have, I don't, I wouldn't have brought that up. Um, I don't. It's not a spoiler, but to me, it, it felt like something that was definitely not in the marketing uh, deliberately. Was, I, but I think probably for a reason as well. But they, they, they oh. that, that that wasn't the biggest. I wasn't the biggest fan of that, and it's not because I'm an old curmudgeon. It just felt. So it's like tonally it took us such a huge shift and that's the thing that's what i felt was wrong with the film overall is that you know it goes from very super serious to very to super light to super action-packed back to being super light back to being serious and i don't think it always flowed that well especially when we got to that midsection and when we got to, and the the finale i think was the or, or kind of the, the battle that we get i think it, i thought it was quite underwhelming um and some of that stems from the villain. Now, Zowie Ashton is wearing a grill, uh, which was a choice, and I think she's okay. But we've just got a we've just got a villain syndrome. I don't think she's interesting enough. The motivations were fairly similar for me to other villains. Lots of monologuing. What I want to see is I want to see a, a secondary villain, so not like a Thanos level villain, but a secondary villain who is sewn through various movies. So we so they pop up every now and then, but they don't die off in every film, so we don't end up having a new villain each film. So then when we get to your Secret Invasion or Kang Dynasty or whatever it's going to be called now, we we have a secondary villain who we built up with, not just a random thrown in. Um but that said, yeah, so there are so some tone tonally I think it was a bit all over the place at times. I think some of the CG doesn't look great, but there we we know there are external factors for that which are now getting sorted out. The villain I didn't dislike the villain, but um, I wanted a bit more. And at times, I do think Zari Ashton was she was she was chewing that scenery. She was hamming it up, and no issue with that. But it, again, it tonally at times it felt a little bit odd. But listen, JB, I I enjoyed this one. I don't think it was as MCUE heavy as something like um, Ant Man mm. and the Wasp: Quantumania or Multiverse of Madness. I think you can watch this as a standalone and have fun with it. The uh, the nods we get going forward are very exciting, but overall though, JB, I I enjoyed it. I do think Marvel need to up their game a bit in terms of giving us better than kind of six and a half, seven out of ten films because they can do it, and they and they have the 
tools and the talent to do so. But the Marvels, though, came out, JB. I expected it to be a little bit ropey. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed Captain Marvel as well, for what it's worth. Enjoyed this. Kamala Khan was a standout by far. And if you want a fun time at the film, JB, fun time in the mm-hmm. theatre and just have a, a, an action film with a bit of heart and will make you smile because the jokes are funny, the Marvels yes. is for you. So is this where you tell me you hated it, John? No, oh, no, no. I'm I'm very up on this movie. Um, I don't right. think it's t- top tier Marvel either. Um, I, I think the opening action set piece uh, is not only fun to watch, but it, I think it's stylistically incredibly uh, good use of cross-cutting um, yes, and, yes, yes. and s- storytelling because we're, un- we're learning what their powers are and what they're going through. And we see a lot of growth just in that sequence. Um, there's uh, the, the scene you referenced I thought was great because I think it's a director doing something almost like a – like a demonstration, like, let me make a musical. Let me show you what I can do. And so I really thought it was great. I thought it was a, a an auteur inserting themselves into a franchise film okay. in a way that we haven't seen a lot in MCU stuff because they are so controlling and exacting over their filmmakers. Um, I, I love the runtime, but yes. um, I do think it – where it cuts to make the runtime what it is hurts at times. Um, there's a moment where something very dramatic happens and uh, Kamala Khan is clearly upset by the situation. Yep. And then they just kind of brush over it and she, it's like just resolved. And it's like, well, that was, that was a huge Sorry emotional yeah. beat. Uh, um, and I think that's, that does, that happens a few times throughout the film where it's just kind of like yada, yada, yada. We have to go to the next thing. Um, and it feels like there's probably a version of this where those scenes are fleshed out, but you know, for pacing and for you know keeping it under two hours for one of the first times in a while, I think um, some of those moments get chopped. Uh, I do think it still has the villain problem. I, I think the villain, like you said, is fine, but it's not it's not a super compelling villain, and it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, you get you get her motivations. It's not like it's an unmotivated villain or anything like that. It's just it it does feel not not super impactful long term like it'll be a very forgettable overall villain um but the the dynamic between the three leads is fantastic uh there's a really quirky finale that i thought was i could see why some people might hate it i enjoyed it i thought it was fun and it's it's a payoff of something set up in the first captain marvel film yes um (laughs) i I am the most impressed, though, with Villani, uh, an actress who has two credits, basically. It's Miss Marvel and now the Marvels, um, is stealing the show from everyone. And I, and I don't think Larson or uh, Paris are are bad or giving a bad performance. It's just Villani has this natural charisma that is pouring out of the screen. And it might be that youthful enthusiasm. It might be the system hasn't burnt her out yet because, you sure. know, that does happen. Um and or it could just be that she's just that charismatic and why she was cast in the first place. And yeah. uh, her energy is embedded in the energy of the film. I think it's, you know, she picks you up and says, come with me on this journey. And you're like, okay, let's do it. Let's, let's, uh, let's have a blast. And I did. Um, I, I walked out of the theater just feeling refreshed for a change instead of beaten down. And it's part of it. I don't, disagree with you on the comments of the tone i just didn't mind the tone shifts i thought they kind of worked minus a few that again felt yada 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 Mm -hmm. um but the the actual 
overall tone of the film was one of optimism and hopefulness. And yes. we, we haven't had a lot of comic book movies do that recently. Um, they always feel kind of dour and, and we're always like, you know, there's always another villain looming over the horizon. And that is part of comic books. But I think you have to believe that a superhero can win, that they can like do good. Otherwise it's like, well, why are we watching these people? If it's always going to be pointless, like it has to have a, a positive goal in sight. You know, there mm-hmm. is a chance of, of happiness. There is a chance of being good and being a good person. And, um, this movie achieves that, uh, the, the last moment without spoiling what it is, uh, mm-hmm. I think has the right exit, you know, before we get to the post credits and, um, it just feels like not everything worked out the way we wanted, but overall we're content. We're excited. We're happy. We're, we're looking ahead with hope in our eyes, as opposed to we're looking ahead. And again, I'm not talking about like infinity war to end game. You need that cliffhanger of, of fear yes. and upset. Yes. But because we know it's not over in this case, like we don't know for sure. And I I think this is true of the MCU itself right now. We don't know exactly where we're going. No. So we need that hopefulness that maybe it'll be okay. Maybe we're going to get something good. Maybe things are actually going to turn around and we'll salvage uh, this franchise that has, again, we, everyone's acting like they should be doing this. And it's like, well, who else has this? 33rd, when I typed that, the 33rd movie of the MCU, it was an insane feeling to think that I've one seen every single one of those movies and that they're all somehow connected. Like that's crazy. There's nothing like this in cinema. Like this is the only thing. And it, the closest ones that have tried are less than 10 movies each. Like nothing's achieved more than 10 that I can think of. Even the Conjureverse, which has just sequel after sequel. I think they're at, I think they might have just hit 10 uh, with the Nun 2. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm not even sure. They might they might be approaching 10. 33. And, and if they can't keep it going, yeah, no one else can get past 10. Of course they can't keep it going forever. It's bound to, to end at some point. Do we want to see it end in a blaze of glory? Yeah, that would be fantastic. But if we wanted that, they could have stopped at, at 22, right? Endgame was that stopping point where it was perfect even with the flaws within those first 22 movies and there's definitely at least two um i think generally agreed upon (laughs) it could have ended there it didn't and so for us to expect it to just maintain that level it'd be like expecting michael jordan to step out onto the court today and still be michael jordan from 30 years ago it's it's just not gonna happen It, it is impractical Especially because it's not doing it the same way they did it when they started. They're not making a movie a year or two or, you know, now they're doing three to four movies a year, two to three to four TV series a year. <laughs> like it's, a lot. it's still essentially Feige overseeing it all. And he's overseeing a far greater empire than when it started. It's bound to have more and more problems. And of course, the more you expand, the more weak links you potentially introduce into the system, right? Like you think you've got a team player and you turn your back and then they're like, no, I'm going to destroy this. It's like, oh, you know, (laughs) like there's a lot of variables that are being added constantly to this that you just can't predict. And what I really liked about this is it felt individual enough that yes, you needed some background knowledge, but the actual story in the film, it starts and ends here. Um, 
it gives audiences enough backstory, uh, like you said, either through oh, some, there's some clunky exposition dumps for sure. Um, partly, I think, again, because they're trying to get to 90 minutes instead of two hours. <laughs> um, but those parts feel like movies, right? They don't feel out of place. They feel like even comic books where you get the little panel where it's like, oh, my arch nemesis, Lex Luthor, because it's Superman 320. And they don't expect <laughs> the person who just picked up issue 320 to go read 319 issues before they get to this one. You know, they, they understand people are going to come in at various points. And this movie feels like that. It You can walk in, you can enjoy it as it is. You're going to be sucked into the, the energy and the vibe, especially again, that opening action sequence is so rapid and so quick. And it, it's impossible not to just be engaged and, it it mostly keeps you like again. I, I do agree. I think the first half is stronger, partly because it 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 has the baby driver effect, where that first chase sequence in Baby Driver is so good. None of the other action set pieces live up to it, and I think that's similar here. I think that first fight scene, the way it's cross cut, the way we're introduced to all three characters, how their powers are going to be intertwined, it nothing ever hits to that at full level. I think there's some other cool moments, but just nothing lives up to that one. But overall, like it's a fun, short entry into the MCU. And I think if we can get to this tone and this vibe, but maybe, and again, honestly, I don't think it's being talked about enough. For the most part, I thought this movie looked better than some of the other MCU films from this year. Um, maybe not Guardians. I think Guardians is kind of, it, it. Guardians feels lost in the shuffle of the year to me. I keep forgetting it came out yep. this year, yep. but it's really, really good. And, um, but I think this one, especially compared to quantum I think this one looks far better. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas city, go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, for me, it's it does. I totally agree. Yeah, I, if some some of the CG, it's not. I don't think it's even a CG. Some of that does look a bit ropey. But for me, actually, it's it's, it's more the, the 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 makeup and the sort of, which can look a little bit, or the costuming, which can sometimes mm-hmm. look a bit. When when I say obvious, I mean. There was a there was one or two times when I I was taken out of it because I looked at somebody who who had a reaction shot and I'm like your face has just been painted I, I can literally see where they've just finished <laughs> like painting your face it doesn't look like a genuine uh, it doesn't look like that's their genuine skin tone and yeah you could say well that person is green or blue or whatever but we've seen it before that how good it could look um, and it's and, and that's a Disney thing that's not a Marvel film it's a Disney film thing it's the same in Star Wars a lot as well we watch some of their TV series and think. I can tell you're wearing a prosthetic head and you could, and people say, well, that was the same in the seventies. We ain't in the seventies. Oh, I can tell you're wearing makeup. It's that kind of thing where uh, I wish they, I wish sometimes they, there was a bit more time put onto that, but I agree with you, JB, that, that initial kind of opening um, salvo of action is fantastically well done. And it sets everybody up. We know where, who can do what and where and why. And it is fun. And that's all I want. It's a yeah, fun I, film in the MCU. Thirty-three down, and we're still. And, and I agree with you, JB. We don't. We, we, we've both said it. You know, maybe this isn't top tier. And I would like to see Marvel do more than sort of six out of ten films. However, after thirty-three films, 
if you could only probably really say there's a, a very slight handful of films in that 33 film run, which really, it's all subjective, of course, but aren't great. That's a hell of an achievement, and the MCU as a whole is an achievement, which will never be, um, which will never be replicated. But yeah, the Marvels is certainly a, a very decent film, and the exuberance from uh, Iman Vellani is the key for me in this. Yeah, and I am, I would say I am, um, I really hate the box office numbers for this because it's only going to reiterate the people who aren't seeing it for the wrong reasons. You know, who are. Um, mad yes. because of the castings or mad because uh, well, honestly the perception of what the movie could be given the casting it really doesn't touch on anything that I think people would be upset about which you know not that I care necessarily if some of those people are upset about some of those things but I don't think this movie is doing that it really, really um, it, it kind of doesn't have time because it's just like nope we're just here to, to it's not interested you know, in that either regardless of what people might not. the film isn't interested in 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 laying out some woke agenda or whatever the youtube or the nut jobs would have you think it's here to have a good time and it's not here to say anything other than we're here we're, we're three superheroes we're gonna have fun we're gonna t- take on a villain nick fury's doing his thing we've got cats you know it, that's, <laughs> that's what it's about there is nothing in there to be scared of yeah, there really isn't. And even even the stuff with the scroll where there could be, um, you know, people being displaced because of a war and blah, blah, blah. They don't really get into a lot of the ethical considerations that they could have. Um, and I think DaCosta is not in, I mean, Candyman's inherently political. Like there's, there is some stuff in her version specifically that is clearly uh, dealing with some political related uh, commentary. And that's, that's just not in this movie maybe it's cut out. Maybe it's why it's only 90 minutes, but um, I don't, it doesn't feel like there would have been a, like there's definitely room for it to have been introduced, but I don't feel like it is. And so if that's the only reason someone's not seeing it, it's a mistake um, because it's just, it's just a fun comic book movie. It's, it kind of is a throwback to the old school comic yeah. book films. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree with that. hundred percent. It really is as well. Um, and it doesn't matter whether it's as good as them. It captures that vibe and that tone, uh, that soul, sorry. And, that's what I'm here for. Box office currently sitting $115 million worldwide. Hopefully by the end of its run, it can do a lot better than that. Go check it out, guys. Yes, it's coming to Disney Plus, but if you can see it, this is a film that needs to be seen on the big screen because it's a big old blockbuster. And we're not going to talk about it here. You want to see that post credit scene. You want to see that mid credit scene on the big screen, guys. You don't want to be sitting at home. You want to see it on the big screen. So go check that out. We'll be yeah. talking about that in the next few days. John, anything else you want to add to the Marvels before we move on well, then? I would say, without saying what it is, I do think these are some of the better post-credits they've had in the last couple of movies where it's yes. like actually like setting up something that I'm excited about versus it just being like, here's a thing. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, this but is big. This, I'm like, mm-hmm, okay, let's, yeah. let's do it. It plays into what we've just seen and it's telling you something about what's happening next, which is going to excite people um and and even the end of the film as well it's you know we, we get the it, it it did what i liked sorry to keep talking about the marvels again it did what i liked <laughs> spend the whole film setting up the next eight films it did it at the very end at the very end of this film again not going to spoil it is it, it ties up the, the marvels film narrative and then the last few minutes actually we're going to sprinkle this in very cool and then in the mid credits how about this there we go guys you know, chew on that and get excited for the next few months. So 
that is the Marvels then. We'll be talking about that in spoilerific terms in the next day or so. But let's move on now, JB, to our new segment. Not to our regular segment, our new segment. Previously, we would have bought you chuffed headlines where we would solely dedicate the next 15, 20 minutes or so to talking about the movie headlines that caught our attention for that week. However, Chuffed Headlines is out. We have a new segment titled Concessions of a Cinephile. And I will leave it to John in a second to explain that very catchy, very fun title. But in this new segment, we're now switching to movie-motivated conversations of a larger variety that could still include headlines, but also new trailers, top five lists, best of competitions or something tied into the film that we're talking about and it's a very exciting change because when we do chuffed headlines some of the best discussions we had were when we just riff off of maybe something that was topical at the time whether it's a scorsese comment or something but it would then open the door to a wider conversation which we'd have to pull back from because we'd be we'd be here all day because that's what we do anyway talk film but also it would derail from the headline we're talking about so now we've just decided to switch to this new segment. JB, Concessions of a Cinephile. What does it mean for those out there who just can't work it out? Well, it's a play on words, um, but think of it like uh, the water cooler talk that you might have in an office setting. Uh, we're, we're movie people. We like to go to the theater. So where we run into each other and it's appropriate to have a conversation is in the concessions location, right? Yep. So it's Concessions of a Cinephile. It's us confessing. Uh, next to the concessions, we're just discussing movie-related content. Um, this was brought on partly because the whole month of October, listeners, you know we didn't do con- uh, headlines because we were doing the the um, horror movie Havoc. And it was like, well, it was a lot of fun. We're, we're planning on doing another horror movie Havoc next year. And uh, rather than replacing a segment, what if we build a segment that allows for such things to happen? And if something catches our fancy like this year, the literally the day before we recorded, I came up with the idea for horror movie havoc. Yep. Um, yes. We want to be able, we want to be able to do that. So uh, this opens up the, uh, the, the way in which we interact uh, in this moment. And it's a fun title concessions of a cinephile. Um, yep. Get your popcorn, sit back and enjoy the, uh, the dulcet sounds of Matt Hudson. Thank you, sir. This is the way. I also, my, one of my favourite parts of the theatre, possibly my favourite part, not the screen, not the seats, the concession area. Popcorn, ice cream, hot dogs, nachos, whatever you want, it's there. I love it, uh, but don't often get all of it. Um, so, yeah, so like we said, it's 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 it's, it's a great random uh, conversation setting now. And for the first iteration of this, we're actually going to be reviewing a, a film which is funny because we've just done that. However, we were contacted uh, very recently at um, our email, the bloody awesome movie podcast email, which we should probably put in the, um, in the link if anybody does want to send us an email by a, by a chap called Dominic O'Neill. Now Dominic is the writer and director of a independent film going around the festival circuit called Haunted Ulster Live. It debuted at Fright Fest in London uh, in August, 2023 which is a festival I'd quite like to go to next year. And as we speak, they're currently in the middle of their festival run. They're going to have some US and international premieres. And and Dominic said, look, we've been overwhelmed with the response to the film. We know that you guys sometimes review low budget indie horror. And we thought, you know, you know, you might want a link to have a watch if you'd be interested. Very cool, dude. Very cool email to get. Not pushy. It's just, hey, guys, if you fancy it check it out and so we went back and said yeah of course 
once we've done the Marvels, we'll check it out and we will review it on the show now. Now, we're not going to spoil Haunted Ulster Live because the film hasn't even come out yet. It's still doing the festival circuit. But the, the logline, the tagline for this is, on Halloween night 1998, a local TV station investigates a reputedly haunted house in Belfast. Light entertainment turns to horror when an unseen terror reveals itself. Um, now, this is partly inspired, I, I assume, by Ghostwatch, which was a mockumentary film, a TV film on the BBC in 1992. It was it's very, very infamous. It was um, it was aired on Halloween 1992. It was pre-recorded, but basically, um, a, f- uh, a couple of British presenters played it straight, similarly to how you Blair Witch and that. They 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 were uh, investigating these kind of paranormal uh incidences they were getting quote unquote live calls to a switchboard and they were showing instances of spooky things happening but they presented it as if this was live as if this was happening there and then this thing got over a million calls and complaints from people who it was a bit like war of the worlds when it came out some people believed it other people were just ringing up to say wow guys that was incredibly well done uh, and then, but then also sadly it did also affect people to the point where some people would take their own lives because they thought oh, wow. it was real they and in the days preceding it they'd heard uh, noises in the attic or whatever or through the radiator pipes and you know it was a tra- oh, tragedy happened so it is a very infamous it's never shown it was never shown again on british tv it's been on shudder and it's been released on dvd but it's very much akin to that so um, however this is a horror film that was a mockumentary um so we got this didn't we jb uh, a couple of weeks ago now we've both sat down to watch it it's an hour and 17 minutes long if my mind remembers um what did you think about this i'm interested now i'm going to throw it to yourself because Obviously, I'm I'm aware of Ghost Watch. I am British. This is set in Belfast, so it's set in Northern Northern Ireland, um, 25 years ago. So it's you know it's kind of almost a period piece now. But so I kind of recognise that TV of how it looked at the time. But what did you think mm. of the setting and the technical side of it? But also, what did you think of this snappy little horror film? So I didn't know anything about Ghost Watch until you just said it now. So I was like, oh, well, that's interesting. I'm gonna have Very to do some uh, some digging. Um. Although it immediately got the War of the Worlds connection, uh, that similar idea. Um, so immediately when I started this, I was like, ooh, this is very low budget. Like it's very clear um, and not in a, a negative way. Just like I wasn't sure exactly what we were getting into. I've seen a lot of festivals. Uh, I've seen a lot of movies at festivals. And sometimes a movie's aesthetic is done intentionally to look low budget. That doesn't quite feel like like the uh, there's a newscast early um, where it's like a dude sitting in a room with like a white wall. And I think there's a, even like a sign or something behind him. And it just, it looks like something that my high school students would have had to create, you know, mm-hmm. out of necessity. There's, we don't have another space. This is all we have. This is what we're going to do. And so I was a little hesitant. Um, like, I'm like, oh boy, are we really going to, is this going to be the vibe the whole time? And what surprised me the most is Mark Claney and Amy Richardson, who play Michelle and Jerry, respectively, um, because I don't know them as actors. Uh, Amy's got a couple of other credits on Letterbox, and this is the only thing Mark Claney has on Letterbox. He might have done some TV or something. Or I'm not sure, but um, I thought they were really good, and that's often where a low budget project will fall. Right, is that they can't afford to get 
quality actors. I think the uh, one of the best examples would be The Room, right? Um, not just <laughs> yes. Tommy Wiseau, but like everybody in it, you just can tell they were like friends or they picked somebody up off the street or they found you know the end of a casting call where people were crying that they were rejected. Like, you want to be in a movie? And that was kind of my uh, expectation after seeing that first couple of sequences. And by the end, I was like, wow, they're they have something. They, they have a talent. Um, they made the characters feel genuine. Um, I thought the story was compelling. I don't think it sticks to landing. Uh, I don't know how you feel about it. I, I felt like I was either extremely confused of what it was claiming was happening mm-hmm. or I didn't like it. I'm not sure if it was like, if it was me being confused or if it was genuinely just like, Nope, that doesn't work. Um, but overall, I, I, especially 78 minutes, you know, yeah. got to give props where it is. They, they, they tell a full story in seven, eight minutes. It doesn't feel rushed. Um, again, I think it feels, it feels like someone wanting to have an M night Shyamalan type twist, but not knowing how to write to the twist, um, which happens a lot to be fair. A lot of movies that try to have a surprise or a big reveal at the end. Don't fully earn that reveal. They just have it. And, um, that's something that is a pet peeve for me. And it's something I think because I've studied Shyamalan so, so thoroughly, um, not that he's the only one who does that, mind you. I mean, uh, I think Ryan Johnson is really good at having a reveal that feels sincere and genuine. Um, it's not always easy to do. Uh, and w- when it's done well, it, it stands out. It makes movies become iconic, like Sixth Sense. Yeah. This feels like an attempt, uh, kudos to the attempt it is not easy to make a movie it's not easy to write a story um the number of ideas that i've started and stopped because i couldn't figure out how to get to the ending that i wanted is is very great right like it's not an easy process so in no way am i meaning it to be uh deal breaking but i was overall impressed um you know i think the uh the aesthetic really settles in once it gets going i think once it gets past the uh the first few minutes of like exposition opening um I think it really finds its its you know landing. Um, there's some very interesting visuals. Um, overall, I, I thought you know I get why people are are vibing it. It, it it's got a, a feeling. And the one thing I think that's always hard is I never felt scared myself, which I, I'm always going to forgive because that's you know fear is subjective. Not everything like that might scare someone's going to scare everybody else or whatever. But I. I don't know if the tone of the film ever felt fully scary to me. Um, like it, I, even if I wasn't scared, it just didn't feel like it quite got there uh, for me, but uh, that's, you know, just a thought. What, what about you? How, how did you react to this movie? Um, I, I quite enjoyed this film, JB, actually. Um, for most of the reasons you said, actually, I think the, I, I didn't mind the ending. I quite enjoyed the ending. I liked that. It was, it was, uh, it didn't take itself overly seriously because that was a tone of the in-film uh, presentation. And then at one point it does, it just turn. I like, I like that. Um, I like that. Uh, I like the, the um, uh, positive critique of the, the two main actors there uh, who played Jerry and uh, Michelle, so Amy Richardson and Mark Claney, because I think it's quite hard. I don't know. I'm not an actor. I'm not a thespian. But I can imagine it's quite hard to like portray 
somebody's presenting a show in a tongue-in-cheek, almost mockumentary style, almost satirical, almost at points, mm. but also not overselling that and, try, and and feeling genuine. And I think they do a really good job of that. Amy Richardson's very good in this film. I quite liked her performance uh, a lot. And um, yeah, Mark Claney, I think he's very cool, very good as the lead. And they've got this uh, overbearing producer who's an absolute you know he's not a nice guy and he's english as well which plays into the english irish tensions as well so there mm. is and that there is some you know there's some messages there's some thematic stuff going on under the radar a little bit there but uh yeah i liked it i thought the sound design actually was was very good in this i i listened to it with headphones uh partly because of what you said at the beginning jb is that with lower budget independent films you don't know what you're going to get and that is with all due respect to whomever is making it you don't know if it's going to be the best sound it could look great but what's the mixing like so i usually watch it with headphones in to try and get the best experience and i'm glad i did with um, haunted Ulster life because the sound design is very decent and the way they use distortion the way they use uh random noises coming in it's just kind of it's it's in your left ear or it's in your right ear and you get a total sense of where things are and what's happening and that runtime as well it felt like a tv presentation it felt like this was a a tv show because if this was two hours 20 minutes long i mean mm. into for like speaking real you know, tv you're not, this you know this is you're not gonna have a tv show of this style going on for that long even ghost watch itself was only an hour and a half and that like, infamous ghost was an hour and a half this is this is 10 20 minutes shorter that makes sense for a bit of television so i, lo- I like that an awful lot and and yeah, well, there there were things throughout where you know I wasn't re- I wasn't terrified during this. I like some of the ideas though. I like how they in, um, wove them in, and I also liked how it felt genuine. You know, even though if some of the people mm-hmm. in it who were reacting to things maybe didn't feel like they were actors themselves, in that sense, it lent it a sense of authenticity because it did just feel like oh, this person's a a medium not an actor. So well, how would a medium react to hearing bad news? Well, like you or I would JB probably not like Brad Pitt would or Margot Robbie in terms of acting skill. I do think it worked in, in, in this film because of the way they set it up at the beginning. Uh, like you though, that uh, it's funny you mentioned it, that very first scene where you've got the, um, the, 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 the news president, the reporter again, okay, it's like a, essentially a, a white wall with a live thing in the background, in the corner, top corner. I did think, oh, this. <laughs> how are we going to go on from this? But I think they did. I think they did a good job. I think Dom- Dominic O'Neill was giving us a very decent film here. I can see why it's getting good vibes on the festival circuit, especially something like Fright Fest. I've never been. Uh, I I know of the guy who who runs it. Seems like a nice guy, and I know that the audience there generally have a great time and i think this would have been fun to see in a theater as well not to say it would have yeah. suddenly been terrifying or uh, crazy but i just for the audible the oral sensations of it all i think it would have been quite fun to see with a crowd it, and with a crowd that's what i was about to say too like especially a festival crowd who's hyped for a horror film i think that makes a huge difference i was sitting in a room alone um Same. which sometimes is scarier but uh in this case it, it, it wasn't it would have been fun with the crowd especially because it cuts to the um like the spectators in the outside of the house um, a few <laughs> different times in the movie. Yes. So feeling like you have that connection. Um, you know, I, I've seen movies like this that uh, a lot of times they work for me. And I, again, I, I don't dislike this film at all. I just, um, there were just little things that I, I, 
I nitpicked. Uh, but I again, super impressed with the performances. Well, there we go. Yeah, I I enjoyed this film. Maybe 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 um, a step up, step more than JB did, but is a positive review from. The bloody awesome movie podcast. And yeah, if you're going to watch it, I would say watch it with the lights off. I watched it by myself with the lights on. Kind of wish I'd done it with the lights off now. Just to kind of get in bed myself in that atmosphere that bit more. So yeah, Dominic, Dominic O'Neill's Haunted Ulster Live. It's currently on the festival circuit. Uh, no word yet on whether it will be picked up by a distributor, whether we put onto a streaming service, maybe Shudder or something else. I don't know yet. If we do find out, we will, of course, let you know on concessions of a cinephile so dominic o'neill thank you so much for sending that over we both enjoyed it and all the best with the film on the festival circuit my yeah and, and keep an eye out if it, it might be playing at a festival near you yeah good shout and if it is check it out you know go check it out with a crowd lights down and go and have a blast with some british horror or irish horror in this case um so moving on now from haunted ulcer live to a uh well, it's, not it's old headline. news now. It's, it's old news, but it's a discussion that we've been wait- we've been having to kind of caveat our discussions, haven't we? Well, we don't know when this is going to happen. We don't know when we're going to hear about this. We don't know when the actors can talk because there's a strike on. We've been waiting to be able to say this for the longest time, haven't we, JB? JB, talk to me, please. I mean, the strike, uh, both strikes are now finally over, right? I think. <sighs> um Yes. I feel like the actor strikes conclusion has been not as positively uh, unanimously received as the um, the writers one. Like it feels like the actors have uh, there's some dissension amongst the the ranks and people have been critical about certain aspects. I have not read enough, but just from like things I've seen on Instagram and uh, I saw something today about Justine Bateman's being very vocal about not not thrilled with some of the AI clauses that they didn't get. Um, I know Fran Drescher had to address uh, something the other day um, about uh, they conceded on one point and she's still like, it's still, we still got some of what we wanted. We just didn't get it exactly what we wanted, but it's still a, a monumental deal. Um, so the writers, when the writers strike ended, it seemed like everyone was super happy and like the, we, the writers won. And this feels like the actors kind of won. Um, yeah. And so, but regardless, you, you see the immediate change as we've seen uh, actors promoting things. Um, I saw Caitlin Delver started promoting the um, the Hulu horror movie. Um, I forgot what it's uh, called. The, the, you know, the one Alien will Invasion. save you. Yeah, she she because she hasn't been able to talk about it, so she she suddenly had like a huge post on on Instagram. So just seeing the actors getting to talk about the work that they've done that they've not been able to talk about for the last several months, um, and. Of course, the uh, reassurance that we will keep getting movies for a few years. Like it, the beginning of next year is probably going to be a little shaky because um, some productions were postponed and whatnot. But by the end of next year, we should be back into full normal Hollywood overproduction where we have too many movies coming out. It's, it's, it's just good news all around. Um, I'm just reading up about some of the uh, points of the deal here. Of course, we don't... we we won't know what exactly what happened behind closed doors, but SAG after the board approved the new contract with 86% of the members voting in favor. It hasn't been ratified by the union's full membership as of the other day. This is coming from Forbes, but they, look, there's some good stuff in there. It, the, the deal contains protections, including mandatory consent from performers or representatives of deceased performers to create a digital replica of an actor. You now cannot just take a, an extra copy them scan them and put them in anything and not pay them for it um and 
you must also be paid for the days they would have had to work if their digital replica is being used. So that's weird. Uh, residual payments have been uh, agreed. Uh, if you're going to use your likeness for a project you weren't employed, you now have to receive consent for that. There's there's so much going on there. But um, yeah, I, Bateman, she did criticise what she thought was loopholes in the contract, including an exception for studios to use digital doubles without consent when the photography or soundtrack remains substantially as scripted, performed and or recorded. She said it was vague and that puts the power in the studio's hands. So I get your point though. It is very dangerous. You know, I hadn't really considered it because I was riding the high of just seeing all these behind the scenes photos and all of these actors almost like expressing joy at being able to finally talk about a film or a TV series to, to realize that you you are right. When the writer's strike ended, there was an outpouring of, 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 of positive emotion and it felt like a real change it felt like a real moment a movement had happened and here it's good news but it feels more like great now we can promote our shows and we've we gone back to normal very quickly here's a behind the scenes shot of now you'll save me or ahsoka or one of the marvel series or something it, it just almost feels like be it business as usual um, happened immediately and we didn't even have time to almost celebrate the fact but uh, from a creator standpoint from for what we do and just from a film fan standpoint or series whatever it's it's great news i'm glad that the uh the workers are getting better contracts and they're getting better deals if it's maybe not exactly what they wanted i don't know but i'm glad that they're getting a lot better than they were before with a lot more guarantees and yes of course am i pleased to now know that the films and the series and even the video games and that that we've all been looking forward to can now continue Yes, they can continue with people getting paid properly and getting the right benefits and protections. And as consumers and creators, we can now absorb all of this uh, and engage with this content one more time. Uh, And I'm very excited about that because there was a fear that next year could be extremely uh, depressing. For, yeah, Brit, bleak, COVID. with COVID. Look, look at the box office, JB. We were talking about the Marvels with its box of 114 million. Another lean year for for film next last next year. Sorry, could have been catastrophic and may still be for theaters. Streaming's fine. That's not going anywhere. But theaters need as much money as they can. Um, and I, I wouldn't ever want to put somebody else's livelihood at stake by saying, "Oh, look, hurry up and get your deal done," because we need theaters to remain. But of course, it's in the back of your mind. You, you need films and theatres. Thankfully, that's going to happen now. Uh, and it's great to be able to see people promote their shows. I just hope that the deal is what the majority wanted, John. I, I agree. I agree. But, you know, uh, again, at least we are, we've, we're moving forward. Hopefully, nothing will bite them in the butt long term. But, you yes. know, progress is, is there. Yeah, a win is a win in this case, and I'm just glad to see the studios at least having to bow down somewhat from their very, very high ivory towers to help the little people as they would consider them. So that was the first concessions of a cinephile. As we mentioned, next week, it's going to be something totally different. The week after that, it's probably going to be something totally different. We won't, we won't be reviewing a film every time. We, we won't be doing a discussion piece. It might be, we might be talking about a book or something. Whatever it might be, like a best of. It's exciting. It's fun. If you guys have any ideas as well, throw them at us. We we are not gatekeepers. We would love to hear what you'd think and what you'd like to hear us talk about on this 
very open water cooler chat. So concessions of a cinephile is done. Let's move on to our actual regular segment now, one that hasn't gone anywhere and probably won't ever go anywhere. It is media consumption, where we talk about the movies, TV, series, video games, music, podcasts, which aren't ours. Anything that we've indulged in to pass the time since our last recording, John <clears throat> has been busy. Go ahead, sir. Yeah. Well, you know, it's FYC time, uh, which I'll talk about more in a moment. But um, so we're getting all of us in the critics world. We're getting tons of links uh, for movies that we might have missed. Although, got to be honest, a lot of the ones I'm getting so far I've seen. Um, I was pretty <laughs> active early this year. Uh, but um, listen to Blank Check, as always. Uh, won't throw that. I got to ask you, though, Matt, um, have you seen the movie Empty Man from 2020? No, but I want to. Yeah, so completely, I, I think I wrote it off immediately as just bad horror movie getting dumped in COVID year. Um, and it was dumped because it, it had been postponed like three years, I think. I've um, heard great things about it. But it, apparently, yes. And Blank Check did a uh, Patreon episode for it because uh, the director is a Fincher protege. Um, and they're covering Fincher right now. And uh, apparently David just really likes the movie. So um, it's on Hulu and I'm like really want to watch it. But I'm also like, I have to watch all the 2023 movies. I can't go watch a 2020 movie. Um, but so you also haven't seen it. So you, myself and Big Tuna somehow all did not watch that movie. Um, and it has become a critic darling, apparently. So uh, if you if you have Hulu here in the States and you want to watch Empty Man, heard good things. Um, I haven't seen it myself. What I have seen, I'm going to just hit this list real hard. Uh, reality, Poor Things, which I can't talk about for a while. Uh, May, December, Lakota Nation versus United States, Story Avenue, Four Daughters, Maestro, Thanksgiving, Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, which we'll be talking about on this podcast next week, and yeah. Beyond Utopia. Um few of these we're going to do episodes on. I don't remember if we have poor things on the docket or not, because that one might not be available for you, but we're, we're going to be talking about Hunger Games for sure. Um, reality is a movie I, I had not heard anything about, but is a wild true story um, about some stuff here in the States back in 2018, I think is when it happened. Sydney Sweeney, it's on HBO. Uh, highly, highly recommend checking that out if you have access to it. It's really compelling, um, interesting stuff. Um, May, December is dropping on Netflix, uh, on the 17th, uh, the day I think after we're recording this, um, have you heard about this May, December? Uh, yes, I have. And I'm very excited to see, is this one that Natalie Portman? Yeah. Portman, uh, Julianne Moore and Todd Haynes directed. Excited um, for this. Yeah. Real good. Uh, definitely won't click for everybody, but if it clicks for you, there's a scene very, very early in the film, um, where it's a uh, push-in close-up with dramatic score, and Julianne Moore uh, is looking in the refrigerator, and and her line read is so sincere. If that scene works for you, if you laugh, I think you're in for the movie. If you don't, if okay. you think it's the dumbest thing you've ever seen, you might as well turn it off. Um, oh, there's definitely some meta commentary about like Lifetime original movies built into the framing <laughs> and style of this movie. Um, you will be happy because then. that is part of what it's talking about. It's really, really well made. Um, Lakota Nation versus United States and Beyond Utopia are two documentaries I had not seen, um, but are easily catapulted to my top five of the year, um, for documentaries. And I've seen a lot of docs this year. Um, they're, they're both incredible, uh, Beyond Utopia. Some of the footage that you have access to is insane. Um, do you know about either one of these? Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, JB, I do not. 
Okay. Well, Beyond Utopia is about North Korea defectors, um, people who are trying to escape North Korea, um, which has been deemed as a treacherous act now. Um, for the last, yeah. I think since uh, the current ruler took over, I think it's been um, it's illegal for them to leave the country. Been on um, there for a while, to be fair. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Over ten years, but um, this film uh, has like actual footage of people defecting, like while they are on their, their journey to get out. Um, it has insight into their, the, the systems essentially imagine if like uh, we had camera technology back on, with the underground railroad and we had been able to capture the process of people trying to get freedom. Uh, that's what this documentary is able to achieve, which is insane um, in a lot of ways. And it's also uh just a powerful reminder about um, how subjective our realities can be. You know, if you are only ever presented with one reality that becomes your truth, even if it is not um, think uh, the matrix or the Truman show, you know, or the inspiration for both of those Plato's allegory of the cave. But um, I I just found it really, it's, it's been in my head since I watched it. So it's, it's hard to not think about, but um Things to check out, though, I think Four Daughters is another uh, – Four Daughters is an interesting – it's also technically a documentary, but it has a lot of reenactment, but that's part of the documentary. Like, it, it is aware – you are aware that there are actors playing real people because of the situation the real people are in, and it's – it's. I've not seen something like that before. It's really compelling. Um. Okay, so I, I mentioned Maestro Thanksgiving and uh, Poor Things. I'm not going to talk about Maestro yet because I'm under embargo and Poor Things. It, technically, I'm not under embargo, but it's a few weeks out, so I'm just going to hold off on discussing it. But Thank you, sir. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, Matt. I'm um, looking forward I, to I, this in a weird way. I'll say that right now. The trailer's won me over. Dude, it's so good. It, <laughs> it's 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 so dumb how good it is. I'm not a huge Eli Roth fan. In fact, I was big, my biggest gripe going in was just like, oh, boy. Eli Roth movie. Um, we need some Thanksgiving content, right? We don't have a lot. Uh, Thanksgiving is kind of the, as much as we like the food, there's not a lot of media that we associate with Thanksgiving. Um, most everything that does ties more into Christmas. Like even Miracle on 34th street starts at the Macy's day parade on Thanksgiving. And it has no, no interest in that holiday whatsoever. It is moving towards Christmas. Um, Thanksgiving is an homage to, the best slasher films in some very blatant ways. Like if you, uh, Matt, like you and I, you're going to be watching this like, and just like the Leonardo DiCaprio meme from once upon a time <laughs> in Hollywood, where you're pointing at, you're just going to be pointing at the screen. Like, Hey, that's that one thing. That's that one thing. Um, tons of them, but it feels very organic in and of itself. Uh, it very much cares about Thanksgiving in every way imaginable. Um, there is some gruesome sequences, uh, like the the actual like horror elements of the film are incredible it's mostly funny though it, and in a good way it is a it is trying to be funny it is it was a blast i we had i think most of the critics at our screening had a blast um nice. there were a few who it totally just wasn't their vibe but those who it was when we were we were well to use a appropriate pun we were eating it up um yeah and what a tuna think Oh, uh, totally on board. I think he, I think, uh, also four stars. I think we're both four stars on it. Um, I might be wrong. He might've went 3.5, but it's in the, he definitely was positive on it. Um, my full review is up at, uh, disappointment media though. I wrote it up for his site. Um, 
So if you want to read my thoughts extensively, go to go there and check it out. But I won't get into any of those other movies, but they're all, I have no complaints. Um, all the ones I've watched recently have been pretty good. Uh, mostly happy. Um, and then I've been playing video games when I get a chance, but not, not nearly as much because I've been going to screenings all week. So, Yes, you've been a, a busy guy, haven't you? Some of those films I'm looking for. I'm looking forward to seeing May, December. Obviously looking forward to seeing Poor Things. I've heard such good things about that. Fingers crossed. Um, Maestro. Uh, yeah, I'm interested in Maestro, again, just because of what I've heard floating around the film pre-release and now since it's come out. Very interested. Thanksgiving is very much up my alley. Cannot wait to see that. Uh, like you, Eli Roth, I'm not the biggest fan of as a director. Uh, but I don't mind Hostel for what it's worth, but... Um, the the trailers sold me, and I, I, I'm just hoping that not everything was in the trailer, and it sounds like it wasn't. And the Hunger Games will be next week, and I saw the trailer for that in front of the Marvels. I'd seen it anyway, but it was a trailer I hadn't seen, and um, that's another one where I, I started watching it, then I had to look away because I thought, oh crap, it kind of feels like I'm seeing quite a lot of the film here. So I sort of tried to sort of look at my phone and oh, I'm going to watch this. So uh, we'll be back again for that next week. But for me. It's been a very quiet one this week, JB, because I've been working and uh, been just tired and um, other things. Nothing, 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 nothing bad. So I haven't really had time to watch as much stuff as I'd like to. I listened to the horror show um, and I watched Double Toasted on YouTube. The bad movie roasts kept me kept me very, very entertained as per. I watched, obviously, Haunted Holster Live, the Marvels. The other film I watched is Scream, the original 1996 film, Scream, because it's a damn near perfect horror film. It's so damn good. And it, uh, it's not quite a comfort film, like The Exorcist, shall we say, but damn do I love Scream. It's one of those films, man, where it's lightning in a bottle, isn't it? They got the casting spot on. Uh, Wes Craven, Kevin Williamson somehow come, came together to create this meta homage that ended up being better than most of the things it's 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 poking at damn scream such a good film um people say what they want about the sequels but the first one is is, is sensationally good horror film and um i have watched the first two episodes of loki uh i've beaten jb uh to this beaten him to the punch i've watched episodes one and two and they're fine they're okay they're good um uh, i'll go back and watch the final what fourth or five episodes how many's left at some point I'm, I'm enjoying them they're they're okay it's just not i think i'm getting more marvel fatigue from the series than i am from the films as much as i'm not as excited for the films as i was in it's in the heyday which i think is a fair comment the series have been of such a quality where i just don't want to waste time watching them uh whereas loki is a step up and it is good but I, and I, I will get back to watching it at some point soon however yeah like jb i'm looking forward now to pressing ahead getting some of these screener links in um hitting up those agencies and saying come to daddy and they give me that good stuff and of course all the new films coming out into award season but before we get too close to that we need to stay bloody awesome jb to be able to give you the bloody awesome movie podcast each week we enjoy it we've been doing it for five six years now we love it but we still got to stay bloody awesome so jb have you stayed bloody awesome this week of uh, for your consideration as uh, how I've been saying bloody awesome. It's that time of year. Um, not only are we getting links, uh, we're getting physical media, which we are you know yes. obligated to destroy at the end of this season. But uh, it's cool to have discs of movies that otherwise you would only see digitally. Um, it's also cool to get swag. Um, I'm currently drinking out of my uh, Nyad water bottle that Netflix nice. sent us. Um, which I have not seen Nyad yet, but I plan to watch it. I've actually been meaning to watch it all week and I just haven't been able to fit it in. But um, 
they, they we got that. Uh, I got a really cool Nimona poster, which um, I had uh, wrote a very good review of Nimona. Um, not necessarily the reviews good, but a positive review for Nimona um, at Disappointment Media. Um, the poster they sent us is really awesome. And then I got like a screenplay book for Fair Play, which I've not watched, but it has um, Alden Ehrenreich, I think, is the uh, lead guy. And I forget who the lead female is. And um, we went to uh, a maestro screening. We got to see that on the big screen, which I am so grateful for because it's not going to be one a lot of people get to see on the big screen. And there they gave us a maestro tote bag. And um, I haven't opened it yet, but it's like a pack of, I don't know, it's like 17 by 18 um, that's not right. Maybe 17 by 24. It's pretty big uh, stills from the movie, like in a package. Um, yeah. I haven't opened to see exactly what stills are there, but um, just, you know, Netflix really hooked us up last year and they, they're doing it again this year. It uh, We don't make a lot of money podcasting and writing about movies, but we do get some perks and uh, these, these little perks. In fact, this water bottle they gave us is very, very nice. Um, and I'm just like, I wouldn't buy this for myself. Uh, I don't know. It's not a, it doesn't have a hydro flask marketing thing on it, but, um, but still I am, it's great. And so I love this time of year. Uh, you know, we're getting ready to vote at the CACF. That's the uh, critics association of central Florida. And of course yes, I have to get my Bampies list ready. Um, cause I, I two votes essentially. And it's a, it's a lot of, it's a lot of work cause you don't want to, um, be sitting there and looking at votes and be like, wait, what movie is that? I've never seen that. You want to at least have seen it and have an opinion on it. Uh, You don't want to be the one going, Oh, I guess I should have known. Um, So getting through these final films and there's some that we're still like, are we going to get to see this one before um, the votes or not? And uh, it's, it's the hardest part with the Bampies is that some movies literally Matt can't see. Like if Priscilla was my number one movie of this year, it's not, but if it were, Matt's (laughs) not going to see it till January. Um, You know? So like, Uh, And you might not get to see Iron Claw, right? Like that was one of the things we were talking about because I think Iron Claw has got a later release date for you. This is true. So I will be hitting the emails hard and even get this, the telephone. Sometimes uh, when it comes to something, which I I know sometimes when it comes to something I actually want, whether it is a film or an interview guest or whatever for uh, something like Sessions, I'll pick up the phone. Hello, can I have a chat with the agent? Blah, blah, blah. Because it maybe shows them that you're a, you mean business uh so i'll be hitting up the emails um i'll be there was a there was a salt burn screening the, this past week which i couldn't attend similarly with napoleon and uh another film as well so the 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 screener invites i mean they're they're, they're there anyway but they're coming thick and fast now it's just a shame i haven't been able to make the last few because they're in london it's only it's only 45 minutes maybe maybe an hour round to get there but uh it's just sometimes they're not at the best time of day for somebody who works a full-time job but um i will be hitting up as many as i can do to get links especially when it comes to the bampies and i think uh, i know john is and i certainly know i am as well this time of the year very well placed so far coming into november now to be able to say right i've seen 140 films from this year already we yeah i'm 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 confident that our lists are going to be pretty pretty solid and that's what we aim for as well we always aim for when we do our year-end list for book reviews for what i watch tonight and of course for the bamp for the bampies we always have it in the back of our mind is that we want to cover the big films we want to be able to say that we've seen the films not uh and there are always times we do have a category for that but that's going to be for the bampies but we want to be able to say look we've watched as many as we can to be able to give you the most comprehensive list 
this time of year is the best time of year, John. We get the Oscar bait films, we get some hidden gems, we get some absolute stinkers, we still get the blockbusters. It's leading up to Christmas. It's, it's fantastic. So uh, mm-hmm. very much enjoy this time of year. My bloody awesome is involves going out, though I would prefer to get some of the FYC um, packs. I need to be more proactive on that. I've been going to the gym. Finally been getting off my backside and going to the gym. I've been a few times now uh, in the evening and on my day off in the afternoon as well. And just getting back into the swing of it, getting a sweat on. I think my body actually went into shock the first time or two times because I felt like I had a flu, the flu. Because <laughs> I just, I, maybe I pushed it too hard. But man, did I feel ropey, not even muscly, but just kind of, oh, I've, my body hasn't experienced this for a while. Um, but going to the gym, as I've always said, be like Burke, BLB, trying to be like JB, getting fit, look, trying to look good whilst doing it. And I don't know, I, I just like when you go to the gym, getting a sweat on, getting back, putting your, putting your lounge gear on and thinking, yep, I des- I've earned that. I feel good. And now to really, really chill out. And it does feel good. Don't, you guys don't need me to tell you that, but man, does it feel good when you've uh, opened up the lungs a little bit, opened up your pores, sweat everywhere. It's, I'm enjoying it. It's well, actually, sorry, I'm, enjoy- I'm enjoying the after effects during it. It hurts, but uh, getting there slowly and surely before I put it all back on over Christmas, but no t- better time to start than, now, are you still uh, you still keeping up with your routine regime, JB? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm actually uh, reevaluating what my routine is going to be at the moment. I might be switching it up. My uh, it's, I've been doing the same one for about three months now, which usually that's like the minimum you want to do a routine to get in the, you know get mm-hmm. actually be able to see progress and change. Um, but uh, I'm, for a couple of reasons, I want to switch it up. Um, I feel like I've been neglecting cardio, so like I used to do a lot of like hit routines or um, uh, circuit training. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I, I've mostly been doing heavy weights. So I kind of want to, I want to start doing two days of heavy and two days of circuit training again. Um, just cause I, I feel like my cardio is one of the whole reasons I started exercising was to make sure my heart was good. So I don't yeah. want, as I'm getting older, I need to make sure I'm, I'm staying on that. So, um, yeah, yeah. That's, you know, that's the goal. Um, but yeah, no, I, the gym is, uh, such a staple of my, my routine at this point, it's, it's hard to imagine not not going, um, which is, I mean, during COVID I worked out at home a lot, obviously the gyms were closed for a full year, but, um, even when they first came back, I would kind of like pick and choose. I didn't want to go as often. Um, I had to buy, like I bought so many workout, like uh, under armor made workout masks, uh, that were a little more breathable. And I had like four or five of those. Um, but I would still work out at home, like two, like I would work out at home two days and I would go to the gym two days or whatever. And, um, at some point I, I only go to the gym now and I, I still have equipment that I bought because of COVID. So I'm kind of like, I should still work at home like two days a week. And I think my schedule now is kind of pushing that. Maybe I try to do that again. Like it's faster to work out at home. Uh, I, I know I don't get as full of a workout in um, something. And also I, I always feel like I'm in the way, uh, because like, I don't have a space of my own where I can really like safely work out. So I have to kind of work out in like the, the living room area. And I'm always like, sorry, I'm taking up, you know, <laughs> sweating over here. Like, I feel like people are like my family. It's just my family, but it feels like, like they're like looking at me and I, I don't know. It's, I know they're not, but I, I'm just like, aware. Yeah. Yes, exactly. It feels like, you know, I'm, I'm putting myself on display where at the gym, everyone's there working out. So it doesn't, even though like there's a lot more eyes and strange eyes, I just, everyone's doing the same thing where it's like, doing here, I'm working thing. out. My wife's like doing crafts or like trying to watch a Hallmark movie. And I'm just like, 
swinging my sweat so yeah grunting everywhere so i i hear you my friend well by the time the uh 2025 bampies come around look we're we're we're, we're multiverse madness here we will be absolute machines uh what yeah. she we watch this space right now but let's call it there then jb that was our the marvels episode uh, and also introducing concessions of a cinephile our new segment which we're excited to bring to you each and every week uh, next week though we are going to be coming at you with one of the longer titles of the year the hunger games the ballad of songbirds and snakes the uh prequel to the smash hit um films and book series um hopefully this one is better than how the main series of films ended we'll be here next week to tell you what we thought about uh the hunger games prequel uh, in the meantime if you want to tell us what you thought about the marvels uh, or uh, haunted Ulster life if you've seen it on the festival circuit check us out on social media follow us please at twitter on twitter at bamp underscore podcast b-a-m-p underscore podcast jb where are we on instagram we are at bloody awesome movie pod uh we're also on threads as well i think uh facebook yeah. bloody awesome movie podcast i think no we're still on there uh check out the tomato meter for our review of the marvels i was spent too much time then looking at the hunger games and i almost said that so you will be contributing to the uh 60 plus percent rotten tomato score for the marvels so check that out as we are a rt approved publication uh individually you can find me at what i watch tonight.co.uk to search what i watch tonight across all of the socials including letterbox john where can the world find you i am at burkreviews.com and at burkreviews on all the social media platforms uh yes sir or just find us in the cinema over the next few months uh if you like what we're doing here and we we, we truly hope you do please do consider leaving us a five-star rating and review on your podcast provider of choice as it helps the show grow, it gets more listeners in and it's another way for us to talk with more film fans each and every week. But with that, as always, stay bloody awesome and keep watching movies. Awesome.